Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Sports fans, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you are in. I'm Bill Murphy. I'm Danny Boy Reginald. And I'm Mark Olduff Sky Halpern. And welcome to the first inning of the fifth game of SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. Guys, after a long summer break, we're finally back. Yeah, yeah, sorry we... We're off for a long time, but we had a lot of projects going on around. So uh, yeah, we got some great projects going on. If you've been if you've been um checking our social medias, heck, we'll tell you anyway. Um, we got the Thursday Gridiron, which is a Thursday night pregame show hosted by yours truly, me, when we have different panelists every week, and we also have the Sunday sideline report on Sunday morning hosted by our really good, our very good friend, Mike Rifkin from Shotgun Wishbone, Breakaway Bandits, and The Face Turn. So, um, yeah, please go check those out. Gridiron is Thursday night at 7, and Sideline Report is Sundays at 10. Getting back to business, as you can see, we're one man down today, unfortunately. Yeah, Patch, you know, he's got to make that money. He's got to make the money. And feed himself, because... He needs to live. So yeah, we'll excuse him for the night. And he's excused hope, for tonight. And we hope that he'll come back better than ever. Yeah, because he always does. Okay, so we got literally a lot to talk about today, folks. Mm-hmm. The NFL is back. Let us rejoice. Oh, so thank we got to talk about that. Love football. Um, we also got the Notre Dame football Dreaming on Peacock that I need to give you all my thoughts on. Yeah, this is this is more of a Bill's rant type of thing. So I can't yes, wait for yeah. that. I will you uh, will yeah. hear my thoughts and you mm-hmm. will like them. Or yeah. you won't. Whatever and, you, you're entitled to your opinion. And, and me and old Ops guy will will chime in too, because I have something yeah. to say about that as well. MLB postseason is fast approaching, folks. Fast approaching and wow. uh, card races are in full streak. It's crazy, man. Yeah. So we got all that to talk about today, don't we, folks? Yes, sir. Why are we why are we just talking about it? We could just get to it, am I right? Football fans, you may rejoice. The NFL is back aboard. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. It's back. It's Let's finally go. back. After after seven long months, it's finally back. Yeah, it's a new season for many new teams, and a lot of things have happened. It's it's just incredible. It's incredible. We had everything from rookies starting to almost massive comebacks yesterday. You know, lot to talk about. To teams who are already shaking their heads, like what the hell is going on? So anyway, 
Okay. To be fair, none of us at this table can rejoice right now because all our teams lost. Yes, my Cowboys fell to the defending champs, but not because of a non-call pass interference. I've stated this before. You leave four points off the board, it can cost you a game. Yeah, Cowboys lost, Jets lost, Giants lost. But we'll get to those. Dan, Dan, Ross, and Eric can feel a little bit better knowing that the butt fumble is not the biggest error in football for the New York team. Because yesterday, I watched two Giants block themselves on the line. Don't remind me. That was just truly funny. And I'm like, only in a New York sports team does this happen. Well, uh, let's put it this way. Only in New York does anything embarrassing happen (laughs) to any team. Exactly. You have the butt fumble, and then you have lock your own man. And then you have Daniel Jones tripping. But that was last year. Yeah, speaking of Daniel Jones, oh, I got a bone to pick with you, Mr. Jones. What with this freaking ball security? Hold the ball. And this was a problem last season. We saw it. It's a problem every season, though. He runs. Okay, I'm going to screw this cap cap on super tight so I don't have a spillage. It's like, he's running. Ball goes down. That's what happens. What was that, Mark? I said that's what happens when you try to carry it like a loaf of bread. It falls right it out just of your hand. Falls out. And the problem is, Daniel Jones yesterday was playing it too damn safe. Listen, the guy can run. We've seen it. The guy can run. Yeah, but with but you're just gonna do what to that Giants team. You're just going to give the ball to Saquon. And I love Saquon. Don't get me wrong. I love Saquon. He's not ready to be back. But, wait, give him, he runs two yards. Quoting my dad, the as we affectionately call him on the show, Papa Murph, where's the imagination with this, with this offense? The Giants envisioned Saquon Barkley to being a – Long-time runners such as, I'm going to go to names, Emmett Smith, Dalian Tomlinson, um, they expected him to come out like that. Injuries change a player, and I don't know if Barkley's 100% ready to be on the field yet. No, I don't even know. Well, well, on top of that, I don't know how his confidence is. because It's not like he's had explosive seasons. You really think about it. He really hasn't. Like every year, he seems like an average. He'll have some nice games. Don't get me wrong, but he seems like an average running back. I don't and, think he was worth a top pick. Yeah, and the Giants—they're not looking for an average back. They're at, looking for someone that could be impactful to their team. And, and is that Saquon Barkley right now? Well, he's not around to be. Play some, give some, some imagination here, guys. Like yeah, see, 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 uh, until Daniel Jones corrects his year one mistakes and until Saquon Barkley can get back to being healthy and everyone finds some type of connection, the Giants are going to take many steps back here. And that's unfortunate because, you know, you have, you know, Dave Gettleman, you have Joe Judge, you know, you're being touted as this great group of leaders in the front office and coaching staff. 
that can turn a team around. Okay, well, the players aren't showing that right now. And as a Giants fan, Bill, I can understand your frustration. And it's only week one, and I'm already frustrated. Yeah, but it's not just week one. It's years of just absolute disgrace for the Giants organization. Mm-hmm. Pretty much ever since Tom Coughlin, or even Tom Coughlin's last season, you know, there really hasn't been much coming out of the Giants. And I understand that they made the playoffs under Ben McAdoo. McAdud, as I still call him. <laughs> but still, it's like, you know, what has this Giants team brought you? What type of identity do they have? They just don't have one right now. Because, like, like here's the thing. Kenny Gall- Sorry, Bill, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead with Kenny Galladay. When they went out and grabbed Galladay, it was a great pickup. But Galladay is the type of player who need- who's, A, still recovering from that hamstring injury. Yes. And, B, requires a quarterback who has the arm strength and movability it's not something Daniel Jones has. That's why I love Stafford with him. I thought they were going to end up becoming the next Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison combination. But what happened? Stafford got traded, and the rest of the Lions team left with, with him. But Galladay is not 100%. Barkley's not 100%. I feel bad for Giants fans right now. And, and this is coming from a Cowboys fan. Yeah. But the thing is, like, like Daniel Jones' big weapon is who? Sterling Shepard. Maybe Kenny Galladay. But the thing is, Daniel Jones has got to stop playing so conservatively. He's got to. And, like, listen, and I've been saying this, maybe, just maybe, if the Giants have another bad season – Maybe Daniel Jones isn't the answer. I'm sorry. I like Daniel Jones. I think the guy's got potential, but I maybe he's not the answer. Well, I thought it was a terrible draft pick, Daniel Jones. I thought oh, I was having a stroke. I thought the Giants should have waited a year and then get someone better, maybe one or two years down the road. But then, you know. As I watched him that first season, I saw a lot of potential with him. So that's why I'm like, yeah, prove me wrong, Daniel Jones. But then the more I'm watching him, more I watched him throughout last season, the more I'm watching him now, it's becoming very clear that a lot of people who said this was a stupid pick, they're probably right. And, and maybe, you know, I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have changed my opinion. And you know what? And you know what? I'm saying it, and I've been talking to a few Giant fans yesterday, maybe the Giants should consider signing Cam Newton. Cam Newton, uh, look, I'm not going to say I didn't want him in Dallas when I saw he was released. I really did as a backup to Dak. But now that you're looking at the reasons why he was excused from New England and looking at his past play over the last three years, I think it's time we all put Cam Newton on the back burners and say goodbye unless his shoulder gets better. Okay. I mean, I agree. I mean, not that Cam Newton's being too much of a headache in the locker room because he's not really like a big troublemaker. But Cam Newton's not what he once was. He used to be Mr. Big Superstar. Yeah, and and he fell off fairly quickly. And that kid in the NFL 60 commercial <laughs> ended up replaced. 
the, the one thing I can't say about him, he dresses like Michael Urban and Deion Sanders. And Daniel Jones at the end of the game runs in for the touchdown. Too little, too late, buddy. Too little, too late. That's why it's called garbage time. It's going to be, okay, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. It's only the first week. But, and uh, Reg, you and I were discussing this last night. If they lose next week, it's time to panic. Well, just because of the type of team the Giants are, that's why if they lose next week, it's more serious. Because last week, they last year, they were they started 0-4, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, they were in a bad division. Like, come on. Like, all you got to do to win the NFC East is basically have a pulse. Exactly. So. The NFC least, as we call it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Like, obviously, overreactions are normal in week one, Mm -hmm. especially when you lose. So, I don't know. Let's see what happens with the Giants, man. But I'll tell you this, Mark. Those Cowboys, that's that's a statement. Even though they lost. Statement performance by the Cowboys. Thanks, refs. Yet again, it's not. Yes, the penalty was offensive pass interference. I'm not going to say it wasn't. If Mike Vanderjack, not Mike Vanderjack, Jesus Christ, Greg Zerline hits the field goal from 30 yards and makes the extra point, Dallas is up 33 to 28 at that point. Yeah. And you give Brady a minute and a half with the ball. He can put up three easily but he still could probably roast you for seven, but seven's harder than three. My Cowboys offense showed up. The defense secondary needs to wake up a little bit, but this is going to be a fun year. But yet again, as Bill is right, all you need to win the NFC is right now is a pulse. <laughs> and I will agree with Bill on that. Wow. Yeah. Who says a Giants fan and a Cowboys fan can't agree on something? Doesn't mean if we're not together, I wouldn't throw you off a building, Bill. That's okay. I love you. I love you too, and I beat <laughs> I know it's just that when we meet each other we just need to keep all sharp and blunt and (laughs) blunt objects away from each other (laughs) at the risk of one of us hurting the other um well that got dark quickly another New York team made some headlines yesterday Mm, yeah the Jets yeah, the, the New York Jets. Uh, I'm not expecting much from the Jets. If you can go to, if you can go to the Blitzers article by Eric Ford when he talks about his expectations for Week One and all that stuff, Eric was dead on. <laughs> he sure was on how young this team is. And what yeah. I've been saying is, you know, there's really nothing much to expect. And I understand Jet fans out there are probably. Tired of waiting because they've waited for so long, you know, 10 years without playoff appearance, even longer without a Super Bowl. So I get it, but it's a young team and you have with the new coach and a GM that finally has power over whatever he wants to do. You have to give it some time and you have to be patient. I know patience is hard. But you got to be patient. What I saw from Zach Wilson yesterday was awesome. He has an arm. He's connecting very well to his receiver, especially Corey Davis. My goodness. Yes. He's been terrific. So, yeah, he had two touchdowns on the day. Now, I mean, look, did 
didn't mean anything, but he looked good. And that's a positive that you can look at because we all knew that the Carolina was going to win that game. Yes, but the Jets did make it interesting coming in the second half. Yes. Now, I'll be fair. And everyone who's like praising Sam Darnold all day today, all you all have to realize the Jet defense only allowed three points in the second half. Right. Like, come on now. How impressive was Sam Darnold? Oh, Sam Darnold did great yesterday. Well, he did fine, but I don't think he was spectacular. Like, he deserves his praise because he's being well coached and rightfully so. But in the second half, he didn't do much. The Jet defense was swarming all over the Panthers. And the Jet offense finally got into rhythm and scored points. They, they outscored them 14 to 3. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think the Jets defense was excellent. The offense needs some work. You know, obviously that offensive line can't protect Zach Wilson, that poor thing. So, you know, better protection because that that that's going to come with time. This is this is what's going to suck though. The fact that Mikai Becton, we just found out oh. has damage in his kneecap. You. So he's that was, a, that was a bad that was a bad oh. bad injury. Yeah, uh, and I I'm hoping for the best. There I think he's trying to seek a second opinion to avoid surgery. Dude, just get the surgeries. Get it's, the surgery. That, get the that, damn that, surgery. That it's like, what are you talking about? Like, no, get the surgery, heal, do some rehab. We'll see you in like week 11. I don't care. Right. Yeah. He's not lost for the season, but. Yeah. Well, and, and thank goodness, but it's like, you know, that's a major, major injury because, you know, the guy Beckton was one of the very young stars of the Jets last year. He was, he was great on the offense, but I don't know. It's uh it's a blow, but it, hopefully not too much of a blow. And uh, let's see what Robert Sala and company can come up with next week. And by the way, I like Robert Sala. I'm starting to yeah. like him too. He's he he's a coach. He he doesn't like he 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 meets the media head on, and he accepts that he has what he has. But he also is like, yeah, well, we need a lot to work on, and we're going to work on. And he doesn't make any excuses. And the players probably love the fuck out of this guy. Excuse my language. No. <laughs> hey, we're all adults use here. Use the word "go for the gold." Yeah. Hey, Mark, your kids aren't hearing this, are they? No. Good. The kid- Go on, proceed. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was overall it was an okay afternoon for the Jets. Not okay for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Washington Football Team. And the Fitz magic is gone again. Yeah, and honestly, dude, like it's a hip. I mean, you've had issues with hips, Mark, right? Yeah, between my hip and my back. This is a very, very serious injury to Fitz Magic well, right now. Well, it was it the ball came out of his socket, correct? The, the yeah, head? and went back in, but there's bone fracture and chips and cartilage damage. Yeah. This is not something you pop down and come, pop back up from and come back a week later. This is his season right now, and he's getting a second opinion, but it looks like he's going to be lost for the season. And They're saying six Hennigy's to eight weeks. Henneke is going to be in at the start. He'll go on the immediate IR, but I do not expect him back this season. I really think 
out of what I saw from Taylor Heineke yesterday and what he was able to do, he, he wasn't great out there, but the effort was tremendous. And the offense ignited with his play. So I just don't think it's necessary to bring him back. There's no reason to rush him back. There's no reason to rush him back. You know, let him have whatever treatment. Let him do some whatever rehab. And if he comes back, he comes back. If he doesn't, let Tanner Heineke get some reps with the ones like you should have done in the preseason. Don't put Ryan Fitzpatrick in with the ones. Yeah, put him as a backup. Make Taylor Heineke put in because he's been here the longest. That Washington defense, I will say, held a potent Chargers offense. They did yeah. their best. They did the best they could with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it wasn't a great day for the defense because the, you know, Justin Herbert put up. Oh, he put up a show. Incredible numbers, especially on third down. Like you know, they 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 converted like nine in a row, which is like, come on, right? Which. Anybody will tell you, you give up that many third downs, you're going to lose. Yeah. Like what you told me yesterday, what we were talking yesterday, Reg, you said Herbert's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. Yeah. Oh, he is a beast, dude. Like, I mean, he was a beast last year. I mean, he won offense rookie of the year and was one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, which is absurd from a rookie. But. After what I saw yesterday, and the, the fact that you know the game was pretty close, but the fact that he was able to hold down without scoring much—that's a serviceable quarterback and very dangerous. If he ever scores way more points than what the well, Chargers going to go up against a weak Dallas secondary, so I'm already nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. I'm yes. telling you that, that that AFC West with those quarterbacks, now oh, that I'm really thinking about it. The stacked division. That's stacked. That's unbelievable. Especially after what I saw from Teddy Bridgewater yesterday. He looked he looked young. That's what that's not the word I'm gonna give him. He looked yeah. young and better than he has in years. Yeah, a, a player that's been fairly disrespected, you know, over the years. And I get when Minnesota, they didn't want to risk it because of his injuries and stuff. And, of course, they have Kirk Cousins, and you signed him to that big-ass deal. At the time, Kirk Cousins was good, so I understand it. But, yeah, no, Teddy Bridgewater became a journeyman, and I hope he settles well with Denver because, you know, he's their best quarterback right now. By far. And an unfortunate loss for Denver was Jerry Judy, wide receiver, going down with that knee injury. He was poised for a very big year this year. And as of right now, it looks like Jerry Judy could miss the season. They're waiting on final reports on the knee. But right now, he's out at least eight weeks. And that's a huge loss to that offense. Well, and it's a big loss for, his, for you know, just becoming a great receiver. Right. You know, that's a, that's a payday and a half. <laughs> they missing out on, you know, for the season. So it it it's it definitely sucks for him and for the Broncos. Yeah. yeah, that is a big loss to that offense. Yeah, and even though Teddy Bridgewater did good against my Giants yesterday, but I'm sorry, I'm still. I know you're mad. Well, you're allowed to be. You're passionate, Bill. That's 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 the, pa- it's it's not passion. anger. It's passion. It's passion. <laughs> We're making shirts that say that's not anger. It's passion. Yeah. So, so just so, look, sorry, Dad. Go ahead. Go. No, you go. 
if you want to look at the stat that was unbelievable yesterday, our friend Crab Legs Winston puts up five touchdowns at under 150 wow. yards against the Green Bay Packers. Bill First of all, our condolences to our dear friend, the Patch Man. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad. No, the, no, get out of here. <laughs> that team caused their own problems. But the thing that, besides Jameis Winston having a great game, how about Aaron Rodgers being benched mm-hmm. for Jordan Love? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's that was that wasn't surprising, you know, given his performance. I mean, and it's not going to stay. It's not going to stay. I think Aaron No, Rodgers. probably won't stay, but but do you guys have this idol. might be an omen of things to come? Well, oh, oh, no, I don't not right now at least. I mean, no. keep in mind this is Aaron Rodgers' last season with Green Bay. This so. is his last dance. So believe me, he'll he'll have many chances to, you know, bring the Packer faithful, you know, to its yeah. feet and all stuff. He'll give them I mean, great moments. It was a Green Bay offense that just that looked, looked anemic. It's the perfect word for it. Anemic. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't look really good. Um, but the question that makes it is that make the New Orleans Saints look really great. Or they just capitalized on so many opportunities. Well, well, I think it's a little bit of both. I think New Orleans is probably better than what I imagined them to be. Um, not only is New Orleans better, Jameis Winston's better than yeah. I thought he would be. He and you know what? Yesterday. And you know what? That just goes to show you that whatever they're doing in New Orleans with Jameis Winston, because Jameis Winston was you know mediocre at best with Tampa Bay. And yesterday he was on fire. So I don't know what it what the culture's like. Five touchdowns. Yeah. But there's uh, not one real definitive receiver on that team. Right. No Michael Thomas. That means everybody and Traquan Smith's still out. Everybody was per- participating. The only really big weapon they have, he's not a wide receiver, but it's Kamara. And Alvin Kamara had him had a touchdown on a uh, short receiving pass, had some nice runs, but mm-hmm. is Alvin Kamara worth nine thousand dollars in FanDuel? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And you know what I also got to say about yesterday? Two words: Drew who? <laughs> yeah, but Drew Brees, if he would have had the five touchdowns, it would have been accompanied by five hundred yards. Exactly. I, I look. I'm impressed with Jameis Winston. But that, that yardage stat is what gets me that it was under 150 yards. Yeah. That's yeah, what you, it, the thing that got me. But you know what? It's only game one. Is he going to keep going strong or is he going to fall apart? Yeah. And also, like, is he dinking and dunking or is he, like, throwing he long? Really didn't, right. He didn't shell out a lot of deep yeah. passes. Exactly. It, but the passes he made were very accurate. Mm-hmm. It's something we don't see from him often. Well, I mean, it, it, as long as the offense, you know, continues, you know, goes, you know, continues to do what they're doing exactly. As long as the offense is like, you know, as long as they're really supportive of what Jameis Winston can do for this team, and they can get by with him without any type of, you know, hesitation or anything. I think it will work out for New Orleans. I think so, too. As we begin the post-Breeze era, 
Shout out to our resident Saints fan, Jacqueline Murphy, big Saints fan. But anyway, um, but anyway, what I was saying is, yeah, Saints were dangerous yesterday. And but you know, again, I think about your question: was it more that they were good, or the or the just Green Bay looked crap and New Orleans just capitalized? Well, Green Bay was definitely flat. They were flat all day. They 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 did not look themselves. And is it a concern? Maybe. And you know what makes me really angry about this? I have Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team. The one time I need him, he does this. See, this is why I didn't go after Aaron. I, I go sh- after young. Yeah, go after the younger ones, Bill. Yes. He, yeah, but I just want to say, Rodgers, you better pull through for me next week, buddy. Or you might get bed sued. You better be careful. And let's see what happens. I mean, you better be careful, Rogers. I, I still, in trouble. I hey. still, I still can't take Jordan Love as a first round. I can't take him seriously yet, man. Nope. I can't. I mean, he came in and threw what I think it was five of seven for about 60, 70 yards, which, you know, five of seven, whatever. But I agree with Dan. You know, like it, seriously, yeah. like he has to, he has to, pretty much come out, come into a game where Aaron Rodgers sits early, and put on a show in order for me to believe in him. Otherwise, what am I seeing? What else are we talking about here? I'm not seeing much out of him. So anyway, um, I want to ask you guys things because mm-hmm. we got a lot of other crap to get to. Um. Which come which comeback stick was um which do you think was bigger yesterday? The Steelers beating the Bills or the Chiefs coming back against the Browns? Well, I think the Steelers and Bills, I think that was much bigger. Both games I thought were great, but the defensive game between the Steelers and the Bills was just much better. Great. Yeah. And the fact that the Steelers and the Bills, I mean, I don't know if the were the Bills favorites in that game? I think so. Yes, and they were. Yes. They were heavy they favorites. Were. Yeah, I think I mean, five and a half was the year. Oh, that, that's not that much. That was not that much. But like the fact that the Bills, you know, came out and you know basically didn't show up. At Josh Allen had a terrible day. Or somebody and, who just signed the contract. He did. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And then the Steelers just manhandled them. You know, you're yeah, talking interceptions and. Block punts. Oh God! But we yeah, know the plays in football. But we know <laughs> the Steelers. We know what happened. What are we going to possibly see a repeat of last year? Well, no, no, I don't think I don't think the Steelers are going to go like nine and zero or anything. No. Start out the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills were the two top teams that played yesterday, in my opinion. You know when it when the schedule was laid out. You're looking yeah. at one of the most storied franchises in history, and you're taking this new young look Bills team that is compared to the 92-93 Bills team and said to be better. I didn't see it this weekend on the field. That doesn't mean anything. It's week one, whatever. But when you yeah. have wide receivers like Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders, and you can't put up points, you gotta have to look around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, two good and Let's talk about that Browns Chiefs game. That was 
Mahomes coming back, throwing them to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And Cleveland actually played a very yeah, good game. They did. They they, they, they were very yesterday. They were one of the more impressive teams that actually lost. Um, if you really you think what, about it. You know what the thing it's is? It's Cleveland. It's the funniest thing. Like a few years ago, they were the laughing stock of the league. They've been one of the laughing stock teams for the last 50 years. 10 to 12 years. But what, you know, the game itself was a, was a fun game to watch. And, you know, between the Miles Garrett hit in the fourth quarter and Patrick Mahomes, Somehow throwing that off his back foot and Tyreek Hill came back two yards and caught it and then turned it into a massive touchdown. It just shows you the versatility in both types of teams. And it also proves that Patrick Mahomes isn't done yet. He's got a lot more fight in him. And it also just proves that, you know, you know, like both both teams, you know, very solid with their talent, very solid with depth. The Browns are unbelievable with the depth. It's incredible and how much they can really move around and how much, you know, they could really bring to a game. Let me ask like, this to both of you. Best running back combo right now is that Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb? I think so. I, I mean, think so too. Well, I was thinking that last year, not necessarily because they were better than most running backs, but because of the fact that they're the most consistent and they can bring that power into that offense. They're very consistent and they can do a lot of damage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that was a hell of a game yesterday. Yeah. You know, this was just a fun first week of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. It was also fun to watch a lot of these rookies, man. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. speaking of rookies, mm-hmm. wonderful segue. Mm-hmm. Um, which rookie quarterback you think had the best debut yesterday? I uh, have to look at it. Oh, sorry, Dan and I go. We're waiting. I don't know. <laughs> Flip a coin if you want. I don't know. I mean, if you're talking performance, I don't know. Trust me, this was a hard one for me too. I would. Say, I mean, if you're talking performance, I would say Trevor, because. No, he had the most touchdown. He had three. And mm-hmm. he threw like over 300 yards. I mean, he, had, he also had a trillion interceptions, and his QBR is incredibly low. Yeah. Um, Mark, you go. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, you know, Dan's got a great point. Trevor Lawrence, 338 yards and three touchdowns, but also three picks. You look at uh, Mac Jones, who had a nice night, did not have a did not have any errors, you know. One touchdown, you know, 270 yards, nothing wrong with that. Justin Fields, we all knew was going to happen because Andy Dalton, we all knew stuff, came in and only completed two passes, but only two thrown. We'll see more from him next week. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm not ready to throw Justin Fields in this. Zach Wilson had the best day. Yeah. To me, you know, going off statistically here, as Mark Twain once said, there are lies, damn lies, and then there are statistics. I'm going to say this was a tough one to me. And this is me personally. It was a toss-up between Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. Because I think Mac Jones kind of handled himself better because no interceptions, 
I think he did well. Um, Trevor Lawrence, and, you know, I think he had more completions too. You know, but Trevor Lawrence, yes, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. But like you two said, three picks. So to me, I would probably say statistically Mac Jones probably had the better day. But I think Trevor Lawrence had a very impressive performance, except for those three interceptions. And interceptions are going to happen, especially in a rookie year. Um, But one thing you have to take from that game was Tyrod Taylor Mm. took control of that entire field and got Houston up big that put Trevor Lawrence in the corner and made him throw as many passes as he had to. Looks like someone does put Trevor in the corner. Yes, someone Mm. put Trevor in the corner. But James Robinson and Carlos Hyde, Compared to Zeke Elliott and Tony Powell, had the same amount of rushes in that week one. It was the way the defense looked, and they played him right. Someone put baby in the corner, but anyway, I'm. Yeah. Here's but what I here's what I wanted get the just to get back to <laughs> Bill, just to get back to Zach Wilson a little bit because I know I, I'm not I'm not killing Zach Wilson. That guy has an arm, and. He has so much power with it, too. And when it's polished and when he has a great offense, he'll be very successful. So I'm just praying that the Jets don't waste him because this is something that, you know, we thought we had with Darnold, but, of course, didn't work didn't quite work out. So, and, and, of course, you know, Mac Jones, I mean, he had a completion percentage of, 74 something so i'm like you know mac jones had a pretty good day and i think he fits right with the new with new england about their identity you know what they are you know they don't they're not the ones to really talk much so i was happy with all the rookies like i i think they're they're they pretty much are what they they're advertised yeah the the draft crew is what it is and yeah. it's it, there's a lot of hype still to come from it yeah so like we said and also the two top picks both lost yesterday trevor lawrence lost and zach wilson lost and you know it's okay it's okay losses are a part of life if you can't stand losing then Don't you play. have to hate winning there you go. Yeah, so what a great first week in the NFL. Guess what, fellas? 17 more weeks, and we can't wait. Well, unfortunately, we got to wait until Sunday. Well, Thursday. Yeah, well, it's the Giants. Oh, about <laughs> the, They're the Washington <laughs> football team. Yes, I, I, I made the faux pas. You might get canceled for this one. Yeah. But by the, by the way, you're not the people in Washington all the time. They they can't stand the name. <laughs> okay, uh, guys, uh, can we come up with a name, please? Like, they can't stand it. Sometime soon. Sometime soon. Ta- no, no, like tomorrow, can we come up with a name? Because, okay, well, uh, okay, well, that's not on Tanya Snyder's schedule here, okay? <laughs> that better be on his schedule. <laughs> Because remember, you because remember, guys, I said this last year. You know, it's 2020 when a team named the football team wins the division. But, yeah, well, 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 
it they're the Washington football team to do now. And yeah, I mean, I I absolutely agree. I mean, it's Taylor Heineke versus Daniel Jones. What's what's exciting about that? Nothing. Well, guess what? You'll find out more about that Thursday night. <laughs> absolutely. When we analyze that on the Thursday night gridiron. Yeah, check it out. Shameless plug. <laughs> check it out, folks. Okay, baseball, baby. Oh, wait, um, no, we, we, we missed something. Oh, what did we miss? I apologize. Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead, Bill. Guys, I got to say something. Okay. What is What time is it, Dan? It's Bill's rant time? It is time for Bill's rant of the week. Okay. We have, I haven't ranted in a while. I haven't had a lot to rant about. Which but, is why which is why I call it Bill's rant time, because you know, if you do it weekly, you have to do it every week. Yeah, okay. We're gonna call it Bill's rant time for now. Okay. If I have if I find something to rant about every week, then we will restore it to Bill's rant of the week. Yeah. But anyway, Notre Dame played this week and they won. Go Irish. They're two and oh. But I couldn't watch the freaking game. You know why? Because oh, they stream the game on Peacock. You know what, guys? I'm sorry. This is something that's getting on my freaking nerves right now. Why are they streaming games? Why are they putting them on streaming service? They did this last year with some NFL games. Yeah, I remember it was a game the day after Christmas that they, they played that game. I think it was on Amazon Prime. And they did this on Peacock. For those of you who don't know what Peacock is, it's NBC slash Universal's streaming service. I really don't think, I don't really think this should be happening. Like, leave it on, or stream it online, leave it on TV. And listen, I might sound old-fashioned here, but leave it on TV. I think this is because I'm, I belong to a Notre Dame fan page. And a lot of people said they couldn't even go to bars to watch the game because they didn't have streaming to Peacock. I feel like when you stream in, and listen, I can go on about streaming services till the cows come home and the cows aren't home yet. So anyway, the thing is, the thing is, is that you're, because how many people are going to shell out more money for Peacock? And I feel just stupid for saying Peacock. I really do. Um, stop streaming the games and just leave them on TV. Leave them on cable. Leave them on DirecTV. Just stop it and let us watch it. Because like I said, no bars. Like I said from that Notre Dame page, somebody said no bars were streaming the games because nobody had Peacock. Okay, do you guys have chime in, something to chime in? Because I'm really getting sick of saying Peacock right now. Peacock's. Marching down the field, peacocks. Oh, God. Damn it, Reg. Damn it, Reg. Here's what I have to say about the streaming service. And I understand the frustration, especially for football fans, baseball fans, whatever sport you like. The, on a business end of it, I understand it. You're trying to draw people in and take in money. I understand it. As a fan stance, I agree with Bill. Cut the crap out. However, it will benefit me eventually because eventually I'll be able to stream all the Dallas Cowboy games. But I agree with Bill. Put them back on TV at some point, somewhere. 
Yeah, the, yesterday NBC, which is the home of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football, um, they were showing, uh, was it like a highlights of Paralympic stuff? Like, I don't even know what they were showing yesterday. There's something with the Paralympics. Yes. But they showed mm-hmm. that over their contractual obligations in Notre Dame. Wait, are you talking about yesterday or Sunday? I mean, Saturday when the game Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, were they showing that? I think they were showing Premier League football, though. Uh, on NBC? Yeah, it was either that or Premier League. stuff going on. Dan's right. Okay, because yeah, yeah. I saw the menu. It said pre- Premier football, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, well, I could like, be wrong. Like, it's well, happened well, before, guys. It's happened well, before. Well, I'm, I'm only saying I've been wrong. Because uh, Channel 4 in Washington is the NBC affiliate. So, okay. Um, that, that's, what, I, that's, what, that's what was on. Okay. Like, it, I've it, been wrong before. In terms of my opinion on the streaming, look, streaming is is bigger than a lot of people think. A lot of people are cutting the cord. And a lot of people are turning into tuning into the streaming more than they are to traditional TV. The, you know, the old way of watching TV. And it's something that everyone's starting to get on. Here's my thing about streaming in general. And I've been talking about this with a lot of people. I don't know how much how much easier it's going to be. Because here's the thing. No one's going to want to pay for all these streaming services. You have so many. You have Netflix. You have Hulu. You have all the Disney Disney stuff. ESPN, Hulu, and and Disney Plus. Um, Then you have Peacock and Paramount Plus. Like all that eventually is just going to add up to what would be a normal cable bill. Like, does anyone even have the money to all these streaming services? Especially if they want to get the premium package. So it's too much. So I don't know. Like, it, it, I don't really know how I feel about the stream. I, I think it's it's too early to here. Here's why I will say though: you got to put it on. Got to put it on regular TV. Like, what are you doing? You have. SEC on CBS. You have Michigan football on ABC. You mean tell me you couldn't put the Notre Notre Dame on NBC, which they like, are contractually come, obligated. Come on now, like I, I'm sorry, you can't put it NBC, on NBC. Come on, like why are you putting it on Peacock? Are we serious now? Yeah, again on my Notre Dame fan page. You know how many people were were like ready to like run to NBC and kick ass. Well, you have to also have to understand is that not everyone has access to all these streaming services. Not because exactly. they don't have not because they don't have the you know money, but because they don't have whatever they need, the internet and all that stuff. Yeah, wasn't there also talk? Um somebody again, if I'm wrong, just tell me I'm wrong. Um mm-hmm. I heard something. weren't they think? weren't they saying, or was this just a rumor that they were going to move like NFL Sunday ticket to um, ESPN Plus or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how true that is, and I hope it's not true. Direct and TV that there was a contract, it was like a ten-year deal or something. Well, you also have to understand that Direct TV only. I think Marcus was just about to say that that Direct TV is right now has the rights to it, and eventually the rights are going to go somewhere else. Right. DirecTV still owns it. I think it's for another two years at least. Yeah. And they're about to switch to a streaming service themselves and make direct, uh, make the NFL football ticket as part of their package. Yeah. So I 
kind of think the NFL will stick with them if that happens. Yeah. But to, sorry. To me, to me, I think sports streaming is it's a luxury. So you have to cater to those that can't have that. Right. Like when I was wa- trying to watch the Olympics, I was trying to watch basketball. Basketball was also on Peacock the entire time. No one's going to go on Peacock to watch basketball. No. And absolutely they won't watch Notre Dame football on Peacock. It was a bad job. It was a bad job. It was a bad job. NBC, yeah. if you do that again, you're going to get a lot of pissed off Irish fans. Yeah. I'm pissed. I was freaking pissed that they did that. Yeah. Well, like, because I don't have Peacock and yeah. I'm not going to shell out money for another streaming service that I'm probably not going to use that much. Just for what? When they put one football game on there, I'll use it. Like, okay, yes, they have some NBC shows. I'm not really a big NBC guy. And they're going to put on, um, what should we call it? Um, they have a lot of the Universal stuff because NBC is owned by Universal. Yes. And you know what? It's, listen, if you like streaming, sir, I have nothing against streaming services in general, but I feel like it is just, you know what? I remember something. Um, Dan, you remember my very, very dear friend, Justin. Mm-hmm. Mark, you haven't met my very dear friend, Justin. You'll like him. He's a great guy. But anyway, um, but anyway, he's a big movie guy. I know this is kind of going off track, but bear with me. And he has stated he's concerned about streaming services because he thinks street, and this was before the pandemic and everything, that streaming services are basically going to put movie theaters out of business. Well, I mean, I don't know if you caught this news today, but Disney, because of the, the, was it Shang Chi? Whatever the Shang-Chi. Marvel, yeah, the Marvel really movie. Good, by the way. I just saw Be- it because of their box office success. They're going to stick to only theaters for right. the time being. So, man, Disney has a streaming service. So it's like, you know, there. I, I I don't know. I mean, over time, maybe maybe it will kill the movie theater industry, and I mean, rightfully so. I mean, and we might be seeing that here. Because what did they just, because I've said that streaming services, it's like privatizing television. Well, well, I mean, you're, you're already, you're already kind of doing that with cable and all that stuff. Uh, but no, I, nobody's going to be able to afford to watch TV because yeah, but, everything's going to be streaming. But I agree that I think streaming while very convenient, because you don't have to pay for, you know, a cable subscription. To me, eventually, it's going to get to a point where, you know, you're paying so much money just to get all these streaming services. And, you know, there's going to be so much options. It's like, I'd rather just have cable. Let's be real here. To touch on a uh, statement you said, Dan, contractual responsibility. That's going to be the thing that's left out of every contract going forward. Because if you look at most cable services now, when it's either Verizon, it's Fios, it's Spectrum, it's Optimum, what you're noticing now is games are being played opposite the Giants and the Jets. Not because the Giants and the Jets suck, no offense, um, because football is an around-the-country thing. And if you look at the next four weeks down the line, 
Fox 5 and CBS are running games at 1 and 4, no matter who's on that. Mm-hmm. And that makes it good for me for the Cowboys because Cowboys play Chargers next week on CBS. Because, yeah, so anyway, NBC, don't do this again, please. And you know what? I, I hope they don't do another NFL game on Amazon Prime because I don't have Amazon Prime either. Well, I mean that's their that's their Thursday night package is going there. I was about so. to say. Is it well, no, 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 but they're still going to show the game on. No, because last year there was a game that you could only watch on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and I think it was made available via the NFL Network or a couple other cable channels picked it up. Yeah, and, and also you, the main channels backed away. Yeah, and and of course, um, I think, um, local TV also has rights to certain Correct. teams. So either way, the local station in that market is going to get the game. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, NBC, don't do that again, please. Don't yeah. knock my Notre Dame. Yeah, and of course, you, not only was it just, in fact, not having it, the people that did have Peacock, they were having trouble viewing the game. Anyway. So it's like you're in a right. no-win situation here. So it's like, okay, well, we have the service that you're putting the game on, and it's not working. Okay, if I had Peacock, before we move on to baseball, if I had Peacock, this would be me. This is a comical version. This is an accurate portrayal of what I would do. Hello, NBC. Yeah, you. I try. I, I downloaded your stupid streaming service so I could watch the Notre Dame game, and now I can't see a damn thing. You gonna do something about it? Uh, sorry, sir. We'll put you on hold. Do 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 do. And then the smooth jazz music plays. I hate the smooth jazz music they play when I'm out on hold. I, I really do. Um, and then the classic, your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. But anyway, yeah, just don't do this again, NBC. Don't do this again. Okay, I got that out of my system. All right, now we can go to baseball. And before yeah. <laughs> we talk about the Sunday night fiasco. I just want to give a shout out to Mr. Max Scherzer who recorded his 3000 strikeouts. Welcome to the 3000 strike club, buddy. Almost went perfect too that game. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had a perfect game going and uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. He, you know, he doesn't need a perfect game, but no, he doesn't just a, just a note on top of it. I need yeah. To- Hats off to one of the best pitchers in the league, eclipsing one of the hardest. Uh, Absolutely. To get. Yeah, it's a, yep. Yeah, it just further, further ups his resume mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame, Mr. Max Where Scherzer. he belongs. Yeah. Now, now we go into the Yankees, who, on because of their, well, now with the win today, they, uh, they are now three of their last 16, I believe. That's and, an impressive comeback win today. Yeah. Judge. Yeah. All so, rise. So it was it was a good day against the Twins. And let's be real. The Yankees should be beating the Twins easily. The Twins are oh, not a good absolutely. team. Absolutely. They're not a good team. So the, the, the fact that, you know, they had to grind out a victory – that's that's just frustrating to watch. But what was even more frustrating was the Sunday night little fiasco, as I just called it, against uh, the Mets. You know, just the uh, series in general, if we could just talk about the series in general. Get into this, I'm going to say one thing. 
I'm the king of New York. <laughs> okay. Well, we deserve that. We deserve we, that. We totally deserve that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, and, uh, whole... Alan Mankin, don't sue us for using your song. I know Disney. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that whole series against the Mets was just a disaster. I mean, they won Saturday, which is nice. Yeah, that was a both of the. I gotta say, even though we lost the series, this was a really fun series to watch, except yeah. Friday night. Yeah, no, Friday night the Mets had fun with it. We didn't have fun. No, with I was watching the game with a friend of mine who's a big Met fan. Yeah, and she was, and every time the Mets were scoring, she laughed as she watched me suffer. Um, and I said, if we were at this game. I'd be I we'd be I'd be on my way out right now. Yeah. And he goes, no, we'd stay for the full game. I said, okay, on one condition, you have to buy me a beer. And she goes, you're gonna get fine, but I'm buying you the cheapest beer there. What is that? Twelve bucks. <laughs> oh, God, if they have Natty Light, for God's sakes, Natty Light. I'm sorry, that's a rant for another podcast. But anyway, um, um, but. But um, yeah, that whole series was fun to watch. Um, I want to start with Saturday, like the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Who could think of something more appropriate than the Yankees and the Mets playing each other? Oh, it, was I, right I, it, it was the right thing to do because, look, you know, 9-11, it affected a lot of people in America, especially in New York, because, you know, the most damage was done in New York and yeah, most lives were there too. You know, you're talking two planes crashing into buildings. And you want to know something? Baseball really brought New York back. Yeah. And um, because if you've ever watched um, Mark, you and I talked about this. Um, there's an HBO documentary, and I was actually watching it Saturday. I hadn't watched it in years until that night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an HBO documentary called Nine Innings from Ground Zero. It's about the aftermath of baseball in 9-11 and just how it really just brought New York back. Yeah. And just really just. And listen, even though we lost that world, the Yankees lost that World Series, it was just so good to have something to look forward to. Yeah. And Well, well, I, I mean, the great Harry Rose even said it during the broadcast. Just looking at the firemen smiling because of a baseball game, like that—that's what it was all about. It was like, about bringing joy to such a terrible situation. And I remember one thing um, from this documentary, and thinking about it still makes me emotional. Um, there was this girl um, who lost her father during 9/11. Mm-hmm. He was a fireman. And he's, she was a big Yankee fan, especially a big fan of Mr. Newly Hall of Fame, Derek Jeter. We'll get to him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she wrote a letter, said, hey, I really want to meet you. And he called, goes, hi, this is Derek Jeter. She goes, no. Go, yeah, this is Derek Jeter. Like she thought somebody was playing a prank on her or something. Exactly, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I want you to come down to the stadium. And the mom said she was, so, she was smiling. She was singing. That's the happiest I've ever seen her since this since the, since the whole thing. Yeah, 
And that's the thing. Baseball brought us out of this. And it's not just with the game. It's, you know, with both teams, you know, whether it's the Yankees allowing the use of Yankee Stadium as a way to pray and. Oh, yeah, that uh, memorial service that took place. Because to, to the to the. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, here's a fun thing. I watched um, this was from George Steinbrenner's Yankeeography. Um, they um, they had Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, we wanted to use something that was New York because originally that service was supposed to take place in Central Park, but they had security concerns. Yeah, yeah. This has been random facts with Bell. Yeah. But anyway, um, but he said I called. So we wanted to use a symbol of New York, so I called up George Steinbrenner. I he goes, I thought he was going to say no said, hey, we want to have a memorial service. Can we use Yankee Stadium? See, can we use it for, for a day? He goes, you guys can... And George Steinbrenner said to Rudy Giuliani, you guys can have it for a week if you want. Because yeah. you guys can have it for a week if you want. Yeah. And then, um, and then on top of that, the Mets had their own little thing, passing out all essential needs to the people at Shea. Yeah. And it, it just goes to show you, like, you know, it's not just about the game. It was about the the people that play the game coming together and helping out for the greater good. Yeah. And um, everyone became a New Yorker that day. Because, yeah. um, Mark, um, and when we think of baseball after 9 11, besides the World Series, you know what also we think about. Think of a lot of things. Mike mm. Piazza. Yeah. Wow. That was a storied moment. And not to be outdone ever again. No offense to Aaron Judge. That was a hell of a blast on nine uh, on tonight uh, on the 20th anniversary. That home run, as he says, Mike Piazza says he was doesn't call himself a hero. He called himself a leader on the team, and his job was to lead his team in his city back from under the rubble. I hate to use a pun like that, but that home run helped heal a city that night. I know you were at that game. I was. And what was that moment like when the when that ball hit the bat? And you knew some, when Atlanta went ahead, and and when Fonzo got on, you know, with a walk that could have gone any either way, and they pulled him out and put Desi Relford in, and Mike Piazza was stepping up. There was something in that stadium that you could feel was going to happen. Whether whether it was going to be a strikeout, a hit, a home run, there was so there was energy, and the moment that ball hit the bat, Yankees, I'm not sorry, Atlanta Mets fans all stood up together and watched that ball go. But here's the difference: the entire stadium was cheering, even Atlanta fans, because the Atlanta fans did not care the fact that the Mets were beating them. It was a story moment for New York, and it was healing as a city. That's what well, it meant. Well, I mean, John Smoltz even said he didn't even care about winning the game. Obviously, the, of course, the Braves wanted to win that game. They, they're in the middle of a playoff race. But, you know, but still, like he even said, hey, New York won. It was probably for the best. That was probably the best case scenario. Yeah. It, it was something needed. that had to happen. Exactly. Yeah, it was and, needed. New York needed something to smile about. Mm-hmm. And as, as, as Bill said, the great Giuliani, great Rudy Giuliani made a statement on Saturday Night Live, and I know this is a tangent, 
but when he was asked, can we be funny? You knew things were getting better when Ruli Giuliani turns and said to Michael Warner and says, why start now? Rudy Giuliani was a was the big part of New York coming back together. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't care. He was a Yankee fan that night. He was there as the mayor of New York, and he stood and cheered. Yeah. That's to show you the type of level fans and family became that night. And um, you know what? Like another thing before we go on to the 20th anniversary game, um, one moment that I remember, and I remember this when I was younger, when um. Bush threw out the first pitch in game three of the World Series. And mm-hmm. I remember um, when I was watching the game Saturday night and they were talking about it. That simple moment, because I think it was Joe Buck who said it best. And you all know I'm not the biggest fan of Mr. Buck. Neither am I. But he said it best. He goes, right then and there, people were putting their political views in the garbage and just stood behind him. Like, no matter who you support, like in going back to the documentary, he said, I, I forgot the guy's name. It was, it was a sports writer when he saw Bush going on the round. He goes, listen, I didn't vote for him, but it was so good to see him do that. And I think that was the thing. We, after that, we didn't care about who we voted for, the color of our skin or the God we pray to. We were just all there for one another. And baseball helped in that healing process. And 20 years later, now I want to talk about this game. That game, Mark and I were texting back and forth, weren't we? Yes, we were. And I was just, I I remember texting you, may the best team win. And you said, we're all New Yorkers tonight. And the Mets will win. And the Mets will win. And just when, when it was... When it was um, Higgy, Guardy, Hol- Higgy Homer, Guardy Homer, then Judge Homered, I remember texting you all, get Higgy with it. Let the Guardy party begin. All rise. And I bet at this point, Mark was ready to throw his phone at the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't care about the rest smiling. of the game. I just don't want Murph to keep texting me. I, I love good, playful banter. Yeah, it was just harm, guys. It was just harmful banter. Yeah. But you want to how you know. Harmless banter. You want to know how you know both teams were alive? With what happened Sunday. Yes. Oh. That's how we know New York baseball was back. Now, mind you, I don't believe I, I don't believe the accusations against the Yankees at all. I don't yeah. believe it. Something was going on, whether it was cheering Johnson, whatever. Well, they're saying Wendy Peralta was whistling, but Giancarlo was saying that it's to make noise. I don't know what again. I, I don't know what the reason is, but there apparently there was whistling going on the Yankee dugout. Yes, we can't whistle anymore in, in the United States. But but then they, However, the, but then also Taiwan Walker was tipping his pitches. Apparently, I don't know. Oh yeah, well he dropped his he, yeah. he dropped his shoulder when he was throwing his curveball. Yeah, right, yeah, I, go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, he he dropped his shoulder, and that's how you knew he was going to throw that curveball. That's why they were crushed so early. Honest, because the Yankees knew what was coming. You didn't need someone to tip you off. Yeah. I mean, you knew what was coming. But that Sunday night game showed us that baseball's alive. Mm-hmm. We started off, Francisco Lindor hits a nice home run. Then he gets another. 
And on his turn going around, he's looking at Giancarlo Stanton and puts his hands to his mouth, says, yeah, I hear the whistling. I hear the whistling. And he's running on then. What does Giancarlo do? He comes up and hit a shot that almost went to Westchester. That's oh, how far yes. that home run was. was I was flipping between that and the Sunday night game last night. And Giancarlo Stanton, as he's rounding second, looks dead in the eyes of Francisco Lindor and stares him down and starts, to, you know, talking and uh, jabbing at him. And the bench is clear. No fight, no, no, no fights happen. But it showed that both teams were like, oh, crap, we got to go get out there. Well, 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 it was mostly Giancarlo and Lindor yes. jabbing at each other. Right. Did you see Gardner was giving the thumbs down like down, yeah. did to the um, yeah. fans? But this is baseball, folks. You got to be able to take the good with the bad. But how is it? Ant- what did Judge do during his home run that night? Anybody want to show the symbol? I'll do it. He goes like this. He puts up his arm and makes a muscle in his home run. Mm-hmm. Lindor shuts the door on the Yankees when he hits the third home run of the night, and he runs around and does this. Doesn't, doesn't talk back, doesn't do anything, doesn't ignite anything. Yeah. It was a great argument battle, and it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad there wasn't a brawl. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> I was, it was good to see football still alive, baseball still alive. But anyway... The thing is, if you saw social media, Twitter was blowing up about this. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite one, I think I showed this to you, um, Mark. If I find it, I'll, I'll send I'll send you a screenshot. Um, oh, okay. It was Mets and Yankees yesterday, which was Saturday for 9-11. Um, it had their arms like that, both united, them today. And then like it showed them um, – like two kids like just beating each other up like like listen i think maybe twitter went a little overboard like it's not like they were coming out with sledgehammers and beating the crap out of each other yeah yeah, but it was a big moment for sure in the game and you know it's it's one that everyone's gonna be talking about for a long time here's my thing with this and you know i get the idea of wanting to retaliate or wanting to talk back. As long as Aaron Boone has been the manager of this team, has that has only been the time that I've seen the Yankees act like this. Like they felt the need to make a statement. Like they feel the need to retaliate. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's, I don't know what the heck this culture is that is brewing over there because I never saw it under Joe Torre. I'm not saying that it, probably mid-game, like if someone like threw a pitch at someone and then they retaliate. That's one thing. No, remember I'm the talking, uh, what, what was I'm, it? The um, 2003 ALCS Pedro yeah. and Zimmer. Yeah, like if that that happens, that's one thing. I'm talking more like something that carries over to the next day, whether it's happened to the Yankees or whether it happens to another team, or whatever it is that the Yankees just feel like they need to make a statement or they need to retaliate after something happened to them. And you know what? I think they did. And they should. Well, they should. But then the problem is you got to win those games. And for the most part, they don't. Reg, I agree with everything you just said. They don't. They they didn't win. They didn't beat the Red Sox after Aaron Judge blasted New York, New York by Frank Sinatra at Fenway Park. After the game two victory, 
And of course, what did the Red Sox do? They beat the Yankees and they went on went to World Series. And what do they do in the World Series celebration? They played New York, New York. Slapped us in the face. You and can't then, do that because and, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And then you have the one with the Rays and the hit by pitch saga and Chapman throwing at the Rays. And who won that battle? The Rays won the battle. They won win the division series and they played Empire City in mind and their celebration. After you know what, here's the game. Yeah, and, then, and then before I get to you, Bill. Okay. The Jersey thing with Altuve. <laughs> about how you know how the, the Gary Sanchez is doing this thing. Yeah. After yeah. you get the home run in Houston. What happens? What happens in that same game? Altuve hits a walk-off home run and he rips off his jersey at home plate. And then of course it's the Sunday night thing with Lindor and Giancarlo. The Yankees don't win those battles. So the Yankees have to stop doing that. Exactly. Because if the Yankees continue doing it. It's only going to make them look worse. And it's going to make it's making. And you know what? I'm going to say this as a lifelong Yankee fan. They're looking like a bunch of freaking children. Yeah. And, and it and it, and it's a pretty much a change of pace because, you know, every time there's a subway series and I know I know you're going to feel horrible about this, Mark, but every time <laughs> there's a subway series, you know, for like the last maybe 25 years, the Yankees have owned this town. The Yankees yeah. didn't. The Yankees didn't have to do it by talking and, you know, trying to one up the Mets. No, they just did their business on the field. If they won, they won. They lost, they lost. For the most part, they won. So, when they did that, it was about going about their business and going to the next game. They didn't try to one up the Mets after the Mets did something and then they got pissed off about it. It's just ridiculous. It's something that starts with the general manager for developing these players, and it spills down to the manager for allowing the culture to happen. Is this really going to think intensify the Yankee-Met rivalry? It should. It should. Because you know what? I'm just... that the Mets are contenders. Because this may sound weird. And, Mark, I want to get your take on it. And, Dan, you can chime sure. in. Um, and I just randomly thought of this today. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, like with the whole Yankee-Met thing. I know more Met fans that hate the Yankees than Yankee fans that hate the Mets. Like, I, like, you know me, I'm a Yankee fan, but I don't hate the Mets. Like, 2015, when they were in the World Series, I was rooting for them. Yeah, because you're a New Yorker. And I'll admit, I, I'm going to be one of the first ones to say this. There were many times that my former boss used to had season tickets at the Yankees Every big game that would come up, he would bring me, you know, take me to the game as bonuses and stuff like that. If the Mets were out of it, I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a New Yorker. I want to see New York win. But when you're at those Red Sox-Yankee games, it's good not to have an opinion one way or another. You kind of walk out unbruised. Exactly. You kind of want to see the Yankees. As a Met fan, you kind of want to see the Yankees lose. No, if the Mets are playing the Yankees, yes. But if the Yankees are in the World Series, the Mets are not. I want to see New York bring home a crown. No. You know, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's how it is. Yeah, I, I, from my experience, because you know, I, I've never ran into a Met fan that hates the Yankees. Like they, they, they say they may say they do, 
but I don't think right. they mean it. I think it's just like playful, fun stuff. Yeah, because like again, I think there's no, more Met fans that hate the Yankees than yeah. Yankee fans that hate the Mets. Yeah, like obviously, it, it's one thing to say I want to own this town. I want the Mets to own the town. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Mark would one day would like to be like in a in a city or an area where it's like it's everything. Well, everyone's talking about the Mets because the Mets suck and the Mets so because the Mets are good, and the Yankees <laughs> suck. Excuse me. Wanted That's to make okay. Sure That's I, your true fan in today. Wanted to make sure that I correct myself. <laughs> yeah, but but the Mets are playing the Red Sox next week. You said. Yes, they have two games. Yeah. Because okay, if anyone listens to Carton and Roberts, they have this joke when the Yankees play the play an NL East team like the Braves or the mm. Phillies or the Nats, and they said, "Welcome to the church of the Met fans for Yankees, ladies and gentlemen." For next week. Welcome to the official church of the Yankee fans for the Mets. I am your pastor, Reverend Bill Murphy. Yeah. If any of my keep priests are listening keep to them this. away from the sacramental wine. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I said, keep them away from the sacramental wine. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the official Yankee fans for the Mets for next week. Yeah. No, uh, I, again, I've never ran into a situation where they actually hate the Yankees. I don't think people, what's there to hate about them? Like, if you're a storied franchise, it is what it is. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know if Old Ops Guy has a different opinion, but it's like, you know. Look, I might say I hate the Yankees, but do I truly hate them with all my might? No. I, I dislike the fact that I live in a state and the Mets don't have half of what the Yankees have. Exactly. The Yankees are the most storied baseball team in all of baseball okay they're the most famous they've won it they've won it more than anybody else has and more than anyone can ever imagine being in it as Mm -hmm. you go to chicago it's the cubs no offense to the white Sox. you go to chicago it's the cubs you want to go out to california you it's the angels right now you know it, it, it depends on what state you're in but I, yes, I dislike the Yankees, but I don't hate them. So uh, that bet that we have, if you have to wear a Yankees shirt, you're going to hate everyone. I will do it with full honor. The mm-hmm. only jersey you're not getting hands on is my, is my Garrick jersey. That's fine. You, yeah. If you touch it, you, if you want to touch I it, will, you have to fill out I a 72 page form. I will to my end of the bet just like you guys would. Yeah. You know, well, listen. All right, you will look like you're going to say something. Well, I mean, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Mark. It seems like at the end of the season, since I don't think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, that we're all going to be wearing opposing <laughs> jerseys. You know what? Maybe since the Mets won the season series, you can wear the Yankee shirt. We'll wear Met hats. We'll yeah. call it a day. It, it's, we'll call it a day. This is a fun bet to do every year, and I do it with yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm no waiting on that Met. I'm waiting on that Mets shirt because I don't think the Yankees. Mary, are it, it'll playoffs. be our Christmas card right picture. Very Christmas will be at the Seven games up on the Mets right now in the win column. I, I think we have eight games up on the on the win column. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, but yes, it'll be my turn to put on the Yankee jersey. It'll happen. But Pat will still have to put on a Mets jersey because Washington's hard. Let me tell you something. The Mets <laughs> Mets shirt I do. Red Sox shirt. Mm, you must. Not happening. Unless you're an extremely close friend of mine, I think about it. But 
I actually did have to wear a Red Sox hat once because I lost a bet with a family friend. But oh my god, no, Bill, why? This was years ago. <laughs> why? This was don't, years ago. I don't, don't know. What the hell you I was don't. Thinking. You don't bet Yankees, Red Sox, or anything Red Sox. No, I might have to. Yeah, I. This, this was many, many. This was before I even met you, Rich. So <laughs> that was my dirty past. Um, <laughs> to bring us back to the Yankees, I mean, of all people talking about it. Congratulations to Mr. Yankee, in my opinion, Mr. Derek Jeter, on only yes. receiving 99.75% of the votes. What schmuck didn't vote? Yeah, and, and he called, and, and, and Derek Jeter. In his interview, when he first got in, said, "Yeah, you know, uh, uh, it's it's hard to get that many people to agree with you. So the fact that I got that much, I'm okay with not having one vote." But then calls him out in the speech. So Derek Jeter, you were mad. Admit it. Admit, Derek Jeter, you were mad that he, one person did not vote for you. Right. Let's be but, what it is. But he tries to, but he tries to call that person out in like the nicest way possible. Yeah. The captain belonged in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he did. There is no, no two ways about that in my mind. He was an outstanding ball player, an outstanding humanitarian. He still is. Yeah. And truly, the right Yankee is in the Hall of Fame. Not to say any of the ones that are in there are not belong there. He's the one who belongs in. And personally, nothing against Mariano. I love watching him pitch. Mariano got 100% of the vote. Why didn't Derek Jeter? Because they have said nobody will ever get 100% of the vote again. So one schmuck didn't vote. Yeah. Well, Who was the schmuck? <laughs> and do I have to go find him? Uh, you know what it is, though? I just think that Derek Jeter is, you know, just an unbelievable player. He's an unbelievable champion. Yeah. And the fact that one person couldn't just put him in like it's very easy i don't know what i honestly don't know what what the argument is against it like what are we talking about so nothing it's not like it's the first time it's been done mariano's done it yeah and no harm in making someone else the 100 he's arguing he's arguably the greatest yankee of all time that's a stretch a statement it's a hell of a statement and i stretch i, I put him in, the, in, my gen, in our generation time yes i put him in the top 10 fair. you know what fair in our generation but let's yeah. be real I, that's that's fair. Time, yes. maybe the, top 10 no one has more hits than Derek Jeter in that team but no. of all time i would maybe top 10 agree or disagree Top, top five, top I think, is kind of pushing it. Yeah, I love Derek Jeter, one of my childhood heroes, but but you have to consider the Yankee list, and if you look at that list, it's a hard list to yeah. come after. Ruth Garrick Mantle, Mantle, Dimashi, not to take Mo. away from Barra. Barra belongs in that top mm. five, but as you go down that list, can you honestly say Derek Jeter and Mario Mariano Rivera are nine and ten? I think they're seven and eight. To be honest, they're not that low on the Yankee list. But no, it's like what I'm, and I know not that high on the Yankee list. I know Reg hates me saying this. I know he hates this with a burning passion. But I remember when um, Jeter retired, I was listening to Michael. uh, I was watching the Michael K. simulcast on Yes when Jeter announced his retirement, and he's saying, "You know, well, who would you put on the Yankee?" 
on the Yankee Mount Rushmore. And I know Reg hates that concept, the Mount Rushmore thing. Yeah, that's a, that's, it's, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. We may have to do that one day. But anyway, not tonight. We're not doing that tonight. You can't even do it with every player who's been in baseball because there's just too many good ball players. Yeah. Because it is like saying, like, you know, who would you take off? Like, the Mount Rushmore would be Ruth, Garrig, DiMaggio, Mantle, and Barracles. Well, who's coming off the mountain? Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a whole nother debate. Yeah. Also, but... fun fact: when Mount Rushmore was built, you know what FDR nicknamed it? Mm-hmm. Monument Park. Ah. Oh. There you go. Now there's a fun fact you can impress your friends fact with. I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. So uh... there's a fun fact you can impress your friends at parties with. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, congratulations to Derek Jeter. He he deserves it. And um, uh, one quick other thing. Um, you know what? I've been waiting seven years to say this. I've been waiting seven freaking years to say this. I have a little beef to pick with a Mr. Keith Oberman, who seven years ago, when before Jeter retired, just sit there and bash him and just call him overrated, call him a bunch of other things, saying, you know what? I hope your last game gets rained out, Jeter. I hope it does. Well, guess what, Keith Olbermann? Derek Jeter's now a Hall of Famer, so you can politely shut the hell up. And who cares about Keith Olbermann? This is why your show's on at three in the morning, because nobody cares. Who cares about Keith Olbermann? I'm sorry. I've been waiting seven years to say that. Not that he, I mean, obviously Keith Olbermann is very relevant, but still, it's like, who cares about what he has to say about Derek Jeter? And another thing about Derek Jeter, I know we had, I know we got close the show, but like, there's nothing about Derek Jeter. The fact that, and I mentioned before how great of a champion it is, the fact that he used his entire career by having the winning mentality. That's something that I really appreciate the most out of him was the fact that it was always about winning. That's not, you don't get that a lot with many players today. A lot of players go for individual statistics, accolades and awards and whatever it is, but they don't have the aspect of winning as a team. You know, having that mindset that it's always about getting to the top. And if you're not at the top, it's, the season's a failure. So I really, I really appreciate that from Derek Jeter. Go ahead, Bill. He said in an interview with Barbara Walters after he hit the 3000 hit, even though, because the Yankees didn't really make it that year. He goes, and Barbara Walters said, even though you hit 3000 hits, you still call that season a failure. He goes, yeah, because we didn't win the world series. Yeah. Like that is class. Yeah. Because it's, he's saying it's not about me. It's about us. Exactly. And he also mentioned one time in, in where Steiner Sports and all that stuff about because the, the, the argument was whether or not like, hey, if you're second best, is it still a very successful season and all that stuff? And he was like, no. Anything less than a championship is a failure. And it doesn't matter whether you made the World Series. That it, no, that doesn't matter. You want to win. Yeah, so, yeah, again, congratulations to Jeter. And um, another Hall of Fame weekend that we had with NBA. Congratulations. We have Ben Wallace, Paul Pierce, 
Jay Wright as a coach, Bill yeah. Russell as a yeah. coach. How about player that? Coach. Player coach. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, <laughs> what It was nice to see a bunch of players that I've seen play get yeah. into the Hall of Fame. And it's nice to see some old-time players who deserve yeah. it. Yeah, d- definitely the truth, man. Like, I, I love Paul Pierce watching him. One of those clutch players in yeah. basketball. Yeah, not only clutch, but he was a true leader, and he loved Boston. He loved the Celtics. You know, not, not that he didn't play well everywhere else. I mean, he played well for Brooklyn, played well for the Wizards and all that stuff. But, you know, he, he was an all-time Celtic. And you don't get a lot of all-time Celtics anymore. So congratulations to Pierce, Ben Wallace. You know, he has a lot of gray hair. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> oh, Chris Bosch. Oh, shit. Chris Bosch. Oh, God. God. Oh, my God. And he beats own. And yeah. Toronto's he, own. he returned Pat Riley's ring. Ring. Right. I can't believe we all forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Bosch. What, what a player. Another good player. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you followed those Miami dynasty years. I call it a dynasty. They made Bosch, James, and Wade. Even though they won two, they made it to four straight finals. Like that, that was a that was very successful, very successful yeah. run. And so, congratulations to all Hall of Famers out there, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball. Congratulations to all of them. It was a fun first show back. It yeah, because you know what, that was our longest break. It really was. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot needed to be done, and we needed to address it, but we. More things to come for the Sport and Sanity podcast. Football's back, so we'll get back to picks very soon and also our fantasy thing, so we'll keep you updated on fantasy stuff. Yeah, sorry if our show was long today, folks. Yeah. But I think now we're – because, you know, football season's here. Um, MLB playoffs are going to be starting fairly soon, so I think these shows are going to start getting a little longer. Yeah, of course. so much to talk about. Yeah, of course. You know, obviously, for more football content, go to Wishbone Shotguns podcast. Um, that's a great show. Uh, Shout out to the guys over there. They do a fantastic job. Very knowledgeable people. You know, Rifkin, Noah, uh, Adam, and Tom. Tommy. Great them, guys. They're all them guys. Very knowledgeable about football. So please, please follow them. Uh, we're also getting a new show. Uh, it's still in the works, but we're also getting a new show. Coming into the network, so really, um, what's this new show? Uh, gonna have to wait. <laughs> you want to tell me off air? I'll tell you off air. But it's it's in the works, so we're very excited to have this one. And um, yeah, so more things coming. Blitzers, like Mark just said, but Mark's doing a great job with it. So we all got okay. So if you if you want more, if you want more, go to www.thesportsandsanitynetwork.com. Um, check us out on all platforms. Listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Mm-hmm. And also, like I've been giving shameless plugs throughout the show, check out Thursday Night Gridiron, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. on YouTube Live, and also check out Sunday Sideline Report, 10 a.m., also on YouTube Live. So that is our show for today. I'm Bill Murphy. I'm Danny Boy Reginald. And I'm Mark Old Outside Halpern. And this has been Game 5, Inning 1. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Stay safe and take care. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports and Sanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsandsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here. 
on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.